good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. Hello, everyone listening to the podcast. We're all here today. It is July 5th. Yes, because yesterday was Independence Day here in America. I had to think about the date. It's so funny that time is just a weird concept. Yeah. And so we keep saying the date so we can kind of remember what was going on at the time when we were talking um, by the time this um, podcast airs. July 5th is significant to us because just in a few short days, we were actually going to be taking off for London. Womp womp um, story. Um, we understand why everything was canceled, but um, we were headed to London for the Hyde Park show, which was scheduled for a week from today, July 12th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, of course, was going to feature Duran and Niall Rogers and Sheik and Gwen Stefani. And we now know that Grace Jones was going to be performing. And who I else? I almost said Grace Wick. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Long, long grace. Not so quite <laughs> different. Yeah. Tad different. Two different graces. So we were headed to London for that show. And actually, it was going to be Jody and I's first time in London. So obviously, mm-hmm. we were going to take in a lot. Um, so we're bummed about that. But we certainly understand why we cannot be in London a week from tonight. Um, for the show. But that kind of leads us into since we were going to see Jerry and Sheik, uh, Jerry Barnes, and he was our guest back in episode 17 of the podcast. So that got us to thinking about what we were talking about back then. And it turns out that one of the topics that we were talking about, ironically, were concerts, the future of concerts. And little did we know that six months later, the future of concerts really would change drastically. So that's what we're going to kind of dive in today is talking about what we've seen so far, what we think might happen as far as concerts, what what our thoughts are on that. And I'll let you go, Jody. Me. Uh, I was just having um, quarantine time with a friend of mine who is the theater arts director some big bruja at um, the Matinee Museum in San Antonio, and he has been doing some research on Renaissance times and for an exhibit that he's planning at the Matinee. And in his research, he's found that after or during the Renaissance time um, and during the time of the plague, one of the things that um, people would do for entertainment was go to outdoor venues. And one of the things that came out of this time was Shakespeare's Theater. And um, the whole idea that all of these outdoor theaters became the way for people to come together, see plays specifically, but um, other religious or biblical kind of stories reenacted and those sorts of things were all outside. People would even like bring their uh, equipment in wagons and go from town to town outdoor in an outdoor situation, like put on these, these events. 
And we already see a little bit of that happening now with even Andy Taylor and Reese putting a, a short little tour together where they're going to do the drive-in uh, kind of uh, setup for the band to play and the patrons to be watching from their cars. So I think that Scott, my friend, may be right. And shout out to Scott because he told me he was going to be listening after this. Um, Hi, but Scott. I think that that might be the only way that we can actually go back to some semblance of what we knew as concerts, at least until um, there is some way that we could all be inside again. So right now, I'm just thinking the possibilities are only going to be outdoor possibilities and any indoor possibilities would have to be um, with specific clothing or protection or I don't know, some kind of thing that would keep everyone from being not necessarily in close contact because I just don't think that an indoor situation is going to allow for not having close contact. How to keep people from spreading germs. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like the idea of the outdoor thing because Scott was even naming off all these places like the Hollywood Bowl and the Santa Fe Opera and I said and Red Rocks and that y'all even got to see a dram show at Red Rocks which I still kick myself that I wasn't there because that was probably one of the most fantastic shows they've ever played. It's yeah, I, I'm definitely in my favorites <laughs> dram show. Yeah, I mean yeah. the pressure off and, and that having happened like that um, the song hitting the charts and everything right then and all that had to be a special moment and it just so happened to be there I'm leaning towards the outdoor thing what do you guys think but you know and I think that building on with the outdoor venue they would have to be probably even half capacity because the places that you're mentioning you know I've been to a couple of them and they pack it they pack everybody in so you know I think until there's a vaccine even outdoors it's probably going to I think the artists will have to be willing to have less of a crowd. And that's a whole different part of this conversation. Is there going to be enough energy in a venue when it's half full to really have the same experience? You know, I yeah, love I mean, that idea. And I think we've already spent a lot of time in outdoor amphitheaters. So that definitely is more palatable than saying we can't do it till there's a vaccine. But it would be, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how that works out. What do you think you know, about the, the drive-in thing? Sorry, Dee. What do you What do you think about the drive-in thing? No, like I don't imagine that's going to give me enough energy to enjoy the show like I normally would. But I would still be there, and I would still be seeing live music. So I'm I'm still kind of conflicted on whether or not that's going to be a good idea or something that I would be very excited about because there is that element of you're not going to get a same show experience out of something like that. It's almost like those, um, I, keep, I forget what they're called. There's a name for them, but those dance, like the raves or whatever that you quote unquote raves oh, that you can go to right. where you listen to the headphones and you're oh, like, silent, oh, yeah, silent disco and you, go and, you, know, you can listen to different, you know, there's four different DJs or whatever and you can change the channels and you're just dancing, you know, you're dancing with people, but you're listening to the, to the music in the headphone and mm -hmm. it's fun. It's just not, it's not quite the same. I don't know about a, a drive-in theater. It would be, obviously, it would not be the same at all. Very different energy. I just don't know that it, it would be worth paying and, mm -hmm. and going out to do something like that. At the same time, though, it's like, but we're confined at home, too, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. it, the idea is intriguing. It's just, it, it would be so different. And, and it's almost, it's like we have to rethink a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? Well, everything is on the table mm -hmm. in terms of just 
a different way of operating. And, and I don't know, it, it, it's, it, you know, even with an outdoor venue, you have the sort of general admission space that's, you know, what's the front and then it spreads out, you know, a little more spread out. And that would completely have to be redone and rethought. Right. You know, and even with like a drive-in, it would have to be a small enough show that you could have as cars. Because, you know, these shows we've been going to have had 10, 15,000 people there. You can't have, I mean, a band that would have that kind of a crowd, I don't think it would work. I mean, Andy Taylor with Reef, I think the venue she's played have been a couple hundred people. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think if it's, if it's bands that have smaller followings or that can do more intimate shows, then maybe they can pull it off. But, you know, we're talking about you too because I'm wearing my Joshua Tree shirt which that concert had 100,000 people. There's yeah. not a parking lot big enough to <laughs> accommodate. That was Stephanie mentioned about the artist is going to have to evaluate whether it's going to be cost-effective for them. I mean, right. it, imagine Duran Duran doing that. It wouldn't happen because the light show alone costs more than the number of cars that you would be able to make money right. off of. That yeah, the in. ROI, you have to... Right. The right. business model would have to change, right? Right. So because right. the ROI wouldn't be there anymore. Right. And so you but, have to shift expectations and, and you right. know, offset some of those expenses with something right. else, you know? Right. But thinking about so, that, maybe it's a, a stripped-down show. Right. With yeah. style lights. And maybe a band That's like Duran Duran that has their money. I mean, they're making more money, obviously, but they, you know, they're not – I don't think that this is their only income. They have a lot of – you know, if they want to do it for the love, I think some bands could probably pull it off for the love if they're just dying to get out and do it. People that are smaller or newer probably can't pull that off because right. they're, right. they're living. So. They did not tour Paper Gods for three solid years because they weren't making money. That no, they toured so they were making money. But I think if, at this point, like Diana was saying, to reevaluate, if they're just hungry to get in front of a crowd, and I'm not saying Duran Duran, just in general, if an established artist wants to get in front of a crowd because they haven't been live for a while, they might just do it just to get in front of the crowd and just eat the costs or not, not if they're not dependent on it for their living, I guess. Yeah, right. yeah, right. right, yeah. The other idea of the outdoor thing, and I've seen this recently, are individual platforms, not cars necessarily, but platforms that fit up to four people, which would allow you to bring in more people. But I guess the logistics would be, how do you keep people far enough apart while waiting to get in? Do you order or reserve your platform? I mean, like Dee was saying, this is a logistical nightmare, I think, of how people are going to have to start thinking about how how you do this. And for us who sit at the computer counting down the seconds until tickets go on sale, this means fewer tickets. This right. means that possibly goes away completely because it's not fair at all if that's the case. Right. So what do you think about platforms with more people? Well, then people are the, – part of the thing is these venues are selling alcohol – so you can't have a bunch of drunk people on these platforms. <laughs> well, they're you not know? tall. They're not very. They're not tall. They're but, just ele elevated off the ground. But that's another factor with shows. A lot of the venues are making money basically on alcohol sales. Mm -hmm. So keeping social distancing in a car, I think you tell people you stay in the car, and if they're in the car, at least hopefully the driver's not drinking. I mean, there's an actual <laughs> physical barrier there. But like, if you're in a situation like this, they can't even sell. As much as that, because then people will be drunk and y'all just driving. That the ushers can't do anything in these normal shows. So I just right. can't right. wrap my minds around ushers keeping this kind of thing in check. 
So it just seems it, it it just seems complicated, and you know, there's there's venues who you know just pre-COVID. There's venues, you know, and shows where we've all been to that are extremely well organized and well run. You know, the, the ushers are respectful and things are great. And it's a, it's a wonderful experience all around. We've also been in situations where it's disorganized and not because of the band, but mm-hmm. the venue itself, right? From mm-hmm. the ticket sales to actually being there, the ushers are, you know, really like super rigid about where you are and where you stand and everything, right. which adversely affects that concert experience, right? And to introduce something like this into the mix, man, I just... Some places would probably be able to handle it pretty well. Others, it would just be a complete mess, you know. Oh, and so it, it's 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 a uh, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, and to your point, D, um, you know, as we know and and seen in the headlines, there was a a, a recent country show in Tennessee that was a 10,000 seat venue. They called themselves letting, you know, implementing a social distance plan of only 4,000 people. And as we saw from the footage and pics from the show, um, this artist was taking selfies from the stage with con- with the concert goers like it was like a normal concert right. pre-COVID and quarantine. Yeah. So to your how point, do you, it, you know, yeah, how are you going to enforce that and, and keep people safe at the same time? Right now, I just I just want to wait and see. I'm not really feeling a drive-in concert right now. I mean, to me, I might as well just be at home with with the um, you know in concert from live from home shows if we're going to yeah. do that right right now um, because um, I think we all feel the same way as far as you know a concert is not just a show it's an experience right. and you know we enjoy being there you know with our quote-unquote people um, you know next to each other singing meeting new people um, you know dancing laughing crying <laughs> hugging you, know, hugging, and, you yeah. know all the things that happen at a, at a live show for us and so I'm, I'm not really feeling the drive-in concept, even though I appreciate that some people are trying to, you know, bring entertainment to people. I'm just, I'm personally not feeling it as of right now. I, me neither. I'm not either. I mean, my mind could change um, by the time, you know, some of my favorite artists are thinking about that. You know, my thoughts and something might be presented that might change my mind as of right now. I'm not. Well, you know, and, and it could have to do with the artists because... For example, the Indigo Girls, I sing Indigo Girls in my car all the time, and it's kind of chill anyways. So maybe like an artist that's more like that, that's more about melody and singing along, and it's a different type of show, I might be like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to check out. But the our boys, I think it would be a very interesting experience. It would have to be totally different than anything we've ever seen. I think they're up for it, but, I, you know, I, don't, I, I think it really depends. I think they're up for it. <laughs> if they want to be, they could be up for it. But they would have to reinvent them. Yeah, I don't think they're up for it. I don't point. think they're up for yeah. it. But, you know, something we brought up with Jerry, but we didn't talk much about, was virtual reality. And we know Duran Duran was in Second World a million years ago when that was a thing. And if we're still having... Oh, to Second talk, Life. I oh, like, Second, second Life. World. Yeah. <laughs> that virtual thing. But I mean, if we're having this conversation six, eight months from now still, and, you know, there could be a chance of a virtual concert, I don't know. Maybe people will be more open to it. Uh, do y'all have any thoughts about that? Like, instead of just watching on your computer, a way that you could be more immersed, or is that just another level of watching it on your computer? 
Well, I think virtual concerts, um, if I'm not mistaken, I was listening to feedback this past week, and I think that that's starting to take place with some artists. I'm not quite sure how that's really gone down because it's not necessarily an artist that I follow, but I understand that they are starting to take place. And um, I'm not sure what kind of fee they charge for you to be, quote unquote, in the room, but I know that that's already starting. Yeah. Well, and Twitch, and it's probably through like Twitch artists that it's a lot of electronica and that kind of stuff. And I could almost see that just being an unusual way to get a closer experience to live music than what we're able to do right this second. So I don't know. That was just a and every, every time I think of VR and live shows, I just go back to what Jerry said. An artist doesn't do this to not have an audience. It's all no. about that interaction and it's all about making yeah. the, the energy and making the people move and seeing that and seeing their smiling faces and stuff. And this, yeah, and being I in just can't imagine together. this being the same thing, right? I mean, right. yeah, I, I totally get that and I totally support what he was saying. But if, like I said, if six months, eight months, God forbid, a year, you know, I'm just wondering if some people will have a different opinion on that because we, they can't do it. So, yeah. I'm not I think personally. Definitely. I'm I'm not that desperate to see the show in order to to like meaning. I I I wouldn't do a virtual reality thing. I wouldn't do mm-hmm. you know go like a platform or whatever. I'm not that hard up to go to a show right now, given what's happening. You know, right. I, I care a little more about my health. Than, yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, don't so, get us wrong. We definitely we definitely think safety first for sure. And you know, yes, we're bummed about not being in London a week from tonight at Hyde Park. But we absolutely <laughs> understand why it's not happening and support that it's not happening. Um, and appreciate that not only, you know, Duran and the other bands involved, but all of the other bands that have were, you know, playing to play a, fle- a, a you know, a festival or a show this year. I mean, I've already had like personally already had like five or six shows canceled this year everything mm-hmm. that I had canceled you know I've gotten basically a refund on and I understand that so like to this point I'm not I understand that in my mind I'm not even going to a show this year the only shows that I've been going to are the ones that have been you know live from someone's home right. um, and that's been entertaining um, and um, I appreciate the effort um, and then, you know, there's been talk of like, you know, in the future, you know, are you, are you willing to pay for that? Um, and so it, you know, it just really depends. I mean, you know, we're, we all support and we actually all know somebody that works behind the scenes. So we know that this is taking a toll on the music industry and we definitely feel, um, for those people in the, in the music community that this is their livelihood. Um, so obviously if I know that it's going to possibly help someone, I'm not opposed to possibly going that route but we'll just we'll just see who the artist is and i mean and, and just on top of that i mean Cirque du Soleil just went to bankruptcy mm-hmm. Broadway is dark probably at least mm-hmm. a minute year so i mean mm-hmm. this is affecting music for sure but this is also affecting all kinds of theater and all kinds of performance as well so yeah I mean, like my friend Matthew Rubano, who plays bass in Angels and Airways, they're live on Facebook right now and you can still see them. And I enjoy that. So at least we we have that. Um, Local artists are doing it to raise money. They'll have Venmo accounts and and tip your artist accounts set up and stuff. So some are able to sustain themselves slightly because of that. 
So there is that. And there has been the, well, at least if I'm locked in, these people who love doing this kind of thing, they're still doing it. But at the very beginning of this, Simon LeBon was asked, are you going to do any live stream stuff? And he said, I can't do it without an audience. So that's not going to happen. They're not going to do it. And the only way that I foresee it happening is if Nick has control over the outfits that we wear, will give us face coverings and like, you know, craft work style, you know, costumes or whatever to wear as we walk in this place and enjoy the show. So I think it's interesting that um, Simon said, nope, I have to have an audience. I, I respect I, that. Platforms or not, you know, I, I, it hurt at first, but I know where he's coming from. I, I, I get where he's coming from with that. And that's just him. And he can say that. So yeah. I, I love I love the how how creative people have yeah. have gotten with this. Yeah. You know, musicians, restaurants, you know, like across the board, um, you know, how creative have uh, people, businesses and, and entities have gotten throughout this epidemic. And, um, you know, it, it's... What is that saying? Necessity is the something of invention? Mother. Mother. Thank you. Mother. That's what I thought, but it didn't sound right in my head. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to keep it going, you create a way to make it go. So. And, you know, when it, and, and right when the quarantine started, they did have a couple of those fundraiser concert things. I watched one of those. I think Dave was on it. You remember? And they were fundraising for the. Yeah like the hunger bank and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at first there was some momentum to do a little bit of that, but now it's still happening. It's okay. But it's, yeah, it's still happening. But I feel like it has lost a little momentum somewhat, but well, I, well, sure. We're four months into this thing and there's no end. So people are having to find other things to do to make enough money to afford their rent. Yeah. Well, and I've, and one of our VP at work sent oh. an article and it says when, when an emergency like this happens, at first, everyone's like all hands on deck and there's like this panic and everyone's really efficient. And then you go into like this I don't care stage, which we're all kind of in the I don't care stage. And that's why our whole country is. Some people are, yeah. And then yeah. Mm-hmm. recovery, but you have to, but it's like the stages of, of grief. There are these like humans go through these stages when trauma happens that I'm just optimistic. Hopefully the recovery stage will get here sooner than later because I'm kind of sick of this we don't care stage because <laughs> well and you know um, okay so randomly today i was watching a, a, a documentary about we are the world and i'm uh-huh. surprised that that there hasn't been like maybe a song put together for this because back in the 80s at least you know it started with bandit and, <laughs> and there were all these other things that they kind of banded together for a charitable cause I don't know. I guess that's just something we would have done back in the 80s. But that would be kind of intriguing if people came together and kind of unusual collabs and different people made music that wouldn't come together and fundraise. Um, I think that was that um, British artist um, re-recording times like these by the Foo Fighters. And they all did it virtually from different from their different places and yeah. recorded their parts and put it all together. And it's absolutely beautiful. And they raised money for that. I think that's the only way to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. It would be like, I mean, if you think about it, who really are the superstars? Like, if you think of who did We Are the World, those were like the superstars of the time who put that together. But with the way that we access music now, there isn't like no. 20 people no. that would fit that role that could actually like get something out there like those guys did. But well, Lady Gaga, I mean, she she did that fundraiser. She did. She did that know, fundraiser uh-huh. concert. So right. And that raised $35 right. million dollars for yes. the World yes. Health Organization. So 
there's been a few things out there. It's just not it's not the same experience, mm-hmm. right? Like a, mm-hmm. like a, a live aid. Would it, I mean, it, it. I know, like reading articles about it, they were sort of comparing it. They were saying, you know, it's this generation's live aid, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but it, it and I, I and I laughed because it's like, but you know, I, I I understand it at the same time because it was all these artists that you know were brought together and it was yeah. all virtual and and all of that, you know, artists from all around the world and everything. So you know, it, the the idea of that, yes, is similar to live aid. It, it's still a very different experience as well. So. I think that was a great thing that she did. I didn't watch a second of it, though. Like, what's the difference <laughs> between me in 1985 yeah. and watching Live Aid, like, with my face stuck to the TV for 12 hours or whatever? Really? I didn't watch a second of it. You were 12 years old, and you were a huge Durani. And you were, so... I mean, yeah. And the other thing, too. Yeah. If Grand Duran had been part of this, I probably would have watched. Yeah. I watched a little bit, but, but then, yeah, then I just sort of tuned out because... A lot of the musicians that were on there, I, I just am not fans of. You know, yeah. I dislike them. I just am not. And even in We Are the World, Bob Dylan was on there. So even our parents had someone. <laughs> yeah. so, and in, in, in the documentary, they show him, and he just looked like he was just the entire time. He didn't and want to be there. He did not want to be there. And then apparently Stevie Wonder had to coach him. And Stevie Wonder, because I, I looked it up, I, I seriously looked up Bob Dylan, We Are the World. And the people were like, he looked miserable because he didn't want to be there. But Stevie Wonder worked with him, and that's how he got his little section of the song that he felt comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) And have you ever noticed Dan Aykroyd's there? Totally weird. No, never noticed that. Yeah, he he was at some manager's office, and they they were like, we're going over this We Are the World thing. You want to come? So he's in the back row. So if you ever watch the video, randomly look for Dan Aykroyd. I do love me some Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I was Dan Aykroyd. I was thinking of Dan Aykroyd. I was a dude they know it's Christmas Girl than We Are the World. Oh, Band Aid. (laughs) Band Aid was four million times better than We Are the World. Do not get me wrong. And Bob Gildorf was at We Are the World and he kicks it off and he's like, This is for all the starving children in Africa and everything, but yeah. No. You mean Gildorf, right? Gildorf. You said Gildorf. <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Okay, so I said outdoors, cars, platforms. What about indoor concerts? What's what? I mean, I I would literally wear. I called it the alien suit earlier. I would absolutely wear an alien suit if that was the way to get to go to a good show. Nope, not me. Not even alien suit. No, no. I would. I would probably wear something. I would. I mean, I don't know if I would do the full-on alien suit, but if they had some sort of like even kind of a helmet thing on, and we all figured out that it wasn't bad, mm-hmm. I pro- I probably would at least try it once. Now that doesn't mean if I try to do it once and it's kind of weird, like for the experience, it might be cool, but it may be super weird, and I'd be like, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I don't know. It's already uh, hot. It's already hot at a show anyway because you're jumping up and down and singing and dancing or whatever. I'm not trying to feel like I'm in, you know, a heat wave. I can just walk outside if I want to do that. Think about the calories you would burn. Like we would like burn thousands of calories at the show. I don't want to losing your life. So yeah, yeah, no. I don't potentially want to lose. I well, I first of all, I don't want to potentially pass out because I'm so hot. <laughs> what if they so, make them with little air conditioners? I don't, yeah, like that's just, that's just yeah. a stretch. That's a stretch. 
I, you know, no, I wouldn't, you know, and if it was, you know, my favorite band or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I've seen them enough times. I've had enough good experiences that I, I, I don't want to do it that way. Mm, I, I yeah. wouldn't want to do it yeah. that way. I really wouldn't. So I'll, I'll wait a little longer. I'm with D. I'm, I will wait until we can get back to some semblance of how we used to do it. And I realize that it may not be 100% back to the way we used to attend the show. I'm willing to wait to ensure the health of not only myself and my friends um, and the fan community, but everyone in general that is associated with being at a venue yeah. in close proximity at a show. Yeah. And just thinking about that and knowing that the scientists say that there's very good potential for a vaccine to come uh, by around January. I have a Foo Fighters show that's still on the books and I requested a refund from Ticketmaster, but they have not refunded it yet. So I'm not sure if they're holding on to it because they have to, or um, if something just didn't go right when I requested my refunds. That's December. And then the next Duran Duran show is scheduled for June 13th. And then there's another on June 20th next year. So would you go to a show in June of next year if there was a viable vaccine? I would probably go to a show, not those two shows, because aren't they the random ones in the middle of nowhere? Oh, I don't mean those shows specifically, but I'm talking like the dates. If, like, if London is back on next year and people are traveling internationally and there is a vaccine, then I would seriously consider it. But those are some variables. You mean like June, July? Yes. If we could get a vaccine like January, like it's not like the vaccine comes out a week before we leave. Like if the vaccine comes out for a little bit. I don't even have my passport back yet. I mailed my passport in like January to be renewed and I don't have it yet. Everything shut down situation. (laughs) They still have government working. Yeah. Well, I've actually had to drive to the passport office in Dallas where they can actually make the passport. Yeah, I don't want to do that. If it comes to shove, I could help you figure it out. Yeah. But in June of next year, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I keep saying that I would maybe act more normally if there was a vaccine, but I don't know. I don't do vaccines otherwise. Why is this one something that I would consider? Maybe because I could go back to living? I'm not sure. You don't do vaccines, otherwise, meaning you don't. I won't. I don't have do the flu vaccine or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. There'd have to be a lot of conditions to be met in order for me to yeah. consider. So, yeah. yeah. To piggyback on that question, say you get it and you have the antibodies, would you go? Like even without a vaccine, it hasn't guaranteed that you no, don't get the right. infection twice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but but that's another factor that people might put into the to the consideration. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm even June yeah. kind of pushing it, and that sucks because you're right. They may reschedule this within the 42 year anniversary. <laughs> 43, 42 year anniversary. That's too many things in the air for me to make a call right now mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just not even thinking about it. I've already, you know, I've already come to grips in terms with not seeing a show this year. So I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm more concerned about making sure that, you know, I stay healthy because I have to go to work. You know, I don't have the option to work from home and that, you know, everyone around me is safe. Um, and so I've come to terms with that. I, again, I appreciate everything that all of our favorite artists have been doing. I have so much respect for the for everything that's been going on um, that has happened up until this point. Um, you know, we touched on this before about 
Um, you know, John, you know, some really good things have come out of this, you know, with the Stone Love based Odyssey and, yeah. and uh, you know, Rogers Desert Island Disc, just getting to uh, hear a lot more detail about the guys that we maybe wouldn't, wouldn't have heard, heard of otherwise. So I would have never heard Simon laugh as genuinely as he laughed in Friday's episode. (laughs) In Friday's episode, he starts laughing, and I swear it's one of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard. So, yes, you're right. We wouldn't have heard these things had it not been for this. And I love that they have, again, you know, back to just creative, creativity and just finding creative Mm -hmm. ways to stay connected to your fans. And I, I appreciate that they have, they've done that, you know, with, with, you know, the variety of things that, that we have now, you know, instead of Twitter chats, <laughs> you know, so well, and I'm glad that they've expanded that and, and, and they, I love it. And yeah. they're finishing the album and they're finishing it remotely. They all talked about that. Yeah. So who knows beginning next year that we might at least get a couple songs if we don't get the whole thing without a tour. So that would be really cool to get some of that. Yeah. I want to hear those Georgia Marauder songs. Me too. Oh, for sure, definitely. Me fantastic. Me fantastic. And even Absolutely. Andy's, and even Andy has returned. Um, yeah. You know, a little bit. We've seen Andy in the past uh, couple of weeks here. Love the shots of him into the woods or out in the oh woods. My or, God. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Great, um, by Tracy. <laughs> I think it was today. He's like, meanwhile, back in the woods. <laughs> Just made me laugh. Holding that guitar over his shoulders. So awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well. Anything else to wrap up? I think we're we're optimistic that sooner than later we're going to be able to see some live music again. But it is going to be a different world. Cautiously. cautiously. Okay. Yeah. We're cautiously. I will put this out there because I don't know what to do at this point about the Food Fighter show. If I still have tickets, somebody give us some advice. Give me some advice. What should I do for a show in December to see I, what well, I wouldn't know. It, well, it changes. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm, right now, I'm not. So, but it yeah. changes all the time. So, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It's too soon to make a call. I mean, that's my opinion. That Every week there's a new news. And so. You're and quiet. it's all not good. So. Yeah. It's all not good. And if I have to go to work, it's very likely that I'll get the virus. So. I mean, I wouldn't be going in December if that was the case anyway. So we'll see. Yeah, what this, this thing's not going to be over in December. That's for mm-hmm. damn sure. I so, agree. I and this isn't, it's not like the second wave hasn't even come. We're still in the right. first We're wave. We're still in the first, yeah. If we look to the plague, if we look to the flu of 1918, um, there was a second wave of that, but the first wave wasn't as big as this one. So there isn't a lot of precedent even that we can go on right now. Yeah. There's no no precedent for this, so... I think Ticketmaster needs to refund your money. I'm just kind of surprised so on why, why this has taken so long. Because, you know, for the, for the most part, everything that we had or I had tickets to, I've I've received they've not refunded. On. They've not refunded the Rolling Stones. It's on. It's on. No, that's because they say they're postponing it. Yes. And the Foo Fighters rescheduled already, rescheduled. so they won't automatically refund because it wasn't canceled. And like I have a rescheduled date on New Order for next September. It was supposed to be this September. I think I have like a week if I want to cancel it, but I also have insurance, so I haven't decided if I'm going to cancel it or go. Um, I still, 
ironically and strangely have the aha ticket they've done nothing and it's in september which is not going to happen in la but it's still sitting out there it's the only one that's still um, yeah oh wow you didn't get a refund for that that's no, definitely still, not happening it's still on the yeah. book yeah wow <laughs> 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 i really forgot about it <laughs> That's oh, funny. yeah, we forgot we were coming to us. I will say we have been blessed over the past five, ten years to see some amazing and amazing shows. And we've been very intentional. And I'm now very grateful for as intentional as I've been. I know y'all have been yep. that, that we've had these opportunities and yes. we took them when we had them. So. Yep, I agree. Agreed. We can, we can wait for now. Um, it's the right yeah. thing to do. Thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a little while. Please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast player. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, too. See you again real soon.